This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Our scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the first part of verse 11. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 and 5. And then 2 Corinthians 5, the first part of verse 11. Reading from ESV, and it reads, In their case... The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. One more time, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, 4 and 5. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And 2 Corinthians 5, the first part of verse 11 reads, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Our subject for today, proclaim and persuade. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we ask in a special way that you speak to us. We, your servants, those who are present in this building, those who are online, and those who will hear this message. God, we pray that you would just move as only you can move. Touch God. Strengthen God. Bless God. That we might not just be hearers, but we may be followers of your word to do your will, your way. Have your way, God. Yes, you are the potter. We are but clay. Mold us and make us after your will. We're waiting, God, yielding and still. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I would that you would have a definition of evangelism. I would that you all would know the definition of evangelism. We talk about that we are uh, serving the world through mission and evangelism. And we have been talking about the fact that we represent Christ and we need to do all we can to reach everyone everywhere. So... Uh, the definition of evangelism, I've used this for years from the National Baptist Convention, and it's one that I think is a great definition. And it is, evangelism is proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and persuading others to become his disciples and responsible members of his church. Um, I would that we kind of put that to memory, but we want to know what evangelism is. It's proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and persuading others to become his disciples and responsible members of his church. 
Why is it so hard for unbelievers to believe? Why is it that so many people walking in darkness just can't see the light? Why are there people who insist on living seemingly meaningless lives with no peace, no joy, and no hope for tomorrow? Why are there so many people who just seemingly don't care about anything or anybody? Why have so many young people and not so young people have given up on life and would say to hell with it and seemingly don't mind ending up in hell. But there's a better question. Yeah, there's a better question. Bring the camera in a little closer. There's a better question. Why don't we care about them? Why are we okay with so many desperate people walking in darkness and despair and not showing them the true light? Put another way. Have you ever walked into a room where people have been sitting for a while in natural light, natural sunlight, and then sunset came and they're all sitting in the room and sunset came and it started getting darker and darker and everyone who was sitting in the darkness, the eyes just kind of adjusted to the darkness and then you walk into the room and wonder why they're sitting in the dark and you cut the light on and you were wondering why didn't somebody turn the light on? I mean, has, has that ever happened to you? It happens all the time. There are people literally living in darkness waiting on you to walk in and turn on the light. Hmm. Why are they in darkness? That's a great question. Why are they in darkness? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, please the case right there. This tells you why they're in darkness. In their case, the God of this world has, and that's a small g, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Seeing that we know God wants us to turn on the light for those living in darkness, let's look at a couple of things that we as Christians ought do. First thing is proclaim. Proclaim. Yeah. yeah. Take a look again at why unbelievers are in darkness. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The next verse gives the solution to getting them out of darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, 
with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, proclaim, proclaim. We ought to proclaim. I, I, I see you You're saying, proclaim what? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Send a text, but, but I'll say it for you. Our evangelism definition says, proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Now, now we acknowledge the fact that Jesus saved us. Oh, yeah. From the utmost, Jesus saves. We acknowledge that he saves us. We know that he came through 40 and two generations and went about doing good. We know out of all the good he did. Yeah, they talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. We know that they took him up to Golgotha's hill and put nails in his hand, nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. And on the cross, he died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For all of our sins, past sins, present sins, sins, future sins. We know that he's our savior because he died. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we know that he is our Does anybody know Jesus is our savior? Can anybody proclaim he saved me? I, I used to hear him say when I was growing up, he took my feet out the muck and mire. I never knew what that was, but, the, but, I, but, but I'm glad my feet got out of it. <laughs> Amen. He took my feet out the muck and mire. He picked us up, turned us around, placed our feet on solid ground. We know that he saved us. But that's not all we are to proclaim. Oh, Jesus saved me. I was a wretch undone, and he saved me. I looked at my hands. My hands looked new. I looked at my feet, and my feet did too. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Yes, 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 he saved me. But in order to be effective in turning on the light in our lives and the lives of others, we have to proclaim he is Lord of our lives. Yeah. We, we have to let the world know that Christ is in charge. He's number one. He's numero uno. God has to come first. Yes, yes, I, I know. I know. Some of them, I, you know, I ain't, I ain't perfect. I didn't say nothing about being perfect. We are all growing in grace. God loves us, but we have to be able to proclaim to those who don't know him, to those who don't believe, we have to be able to proclaim to them that he saved us, yes, but he also is our Lord. God knows we are tempted. God knows we've messed up. God knows that we make mistakes. God knows that we sin, and um, we, we don't sometimes take the time to even acknowledge that we've sinned. God knows that we've missed the mark. Yeah, yeah, God knows we've done this. But we have to ask him, yeah, to get us to where we belong. Yeah, we, we have to ask him. We have to ask him. We have to allow him to be Lord of our lives. The, the scariest Christian for me is the Christian that says, I know what the Bible says, but I know God wants me to love everybody, but. 
No, 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 no. He, he has to be Lord of your life, and you not only make the effort, you trust him enough to, to take that one step. You take, a, you take one step, he'll take two. You just trust him. He, he has to be Lord of our lives. I, I, the miracles that you see that Jesus performed, he always waited till the person who needed the miracle responded in faith. And he would say things like this. He would say, and your faith has made you whole. Not the fact that he's standing there and he's God of all and he's, he's our creator, sustainer, redeemer. Not because he has power to do all things. He looks at them and says, your faith has made you whole. Too many times we don't have enough faith to make God Lord of our lives. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Hallelujah. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. In other words, he will direct your path. If in all your ways you call upon him and say, Lord, I need you. Guide me. Direct me. God, I, I can't figure this out. Or even if I have figured it out, I need you to help me to do it the way you want it done. He needs to be Lord of all. He needs to be Lord. He needs to be Lord. But not only must we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, notice the definition also says we must persuade others. Let's look at that definition of evangelism again. It says evangelism is proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and persuading others to become his disciples. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. The first part of 2 Corinthians 5.11 says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. <laughs> Let me start again. It says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Now, whenever we see a therefore, we always ask the question, what? What's it there for? <laughs> right, so what came before it? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Paul goes through this whole thing about um, we're in this tabernacle, we're in this tent. He goes and talks about how one day we're going to die of physical death. There's nothing that gets our attention more than death. Let me say that again. There's nothing to get our attention more than death. You don't believe me? Fool around and die. We, we stop everything for death. And, and Paul is saying to us in a very special way, he's saying, now, now listen, you... You're going to die. But there's a judgment. He said, you got to recognize that, that there's a life you live, there's things you have done, and we know that Jesus died for all of our sins, rose from the grave, but that doesn't give us a license to just sin just for the sake of sinning. Paul teaches us in Romans, God forbid. No, we don't do that. But because we are saved, we then live a life, a saved life, that others may see our good works and give God glory. He says that we are we realize that we have to do this. So because of this, 
Paul goes on and then says that because we're going to die, he says, we're going to die. We will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Because of the fact that we're going to die, we're going to look for another house, another building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And he tells us that therefore, since we know we're going to leave this place, and there's another place we're going to, he says, therefore, we persuade others. Hallelujah. We have a job to do. I know some of you say, well, you know, that's the preacher's job. That's, that's, that's them holy folk job. That's, that's them folk that go to church all the time. I don't go all the time. I just go occasionally. That, that's them folk. That, no, 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 no. That, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your task. Therefore, we persuade others. That's how the world is going to get won. If every soul would save a soul, then every soul would be saved. Pastor, why are you preaching this? First Sunday on the way. We baptize every first Sunday. I'm doing my best now to not use a fishing pole. If we're fishing for men, I'm, I'm not trying to use a pole and catch one fish. We're throwing the net out there. And every last one of us ought to be casting nets wherever we are, that those who don't know Christ will come to know Christ. Because we, we have what it takes. You have, the, you have the capacity and the ability to persuade others. All right. If you don't think you have the capacity, let me just ask your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or your husband or your wife. Not both, you know, either you got a husband or you know. Y'all do understand what I'm saying, yeah. If you got that going on, you're doing some real persuading. <laughs> but we persuade others. Yeah, we persuade others. I'm, I'm not, I, 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 God has gifted you. And you get folk to do what you want folk to do. There are some folk that could, could get you to loan them money like you've never heard before. Oh, if you just let me have, put the dollar amount there. You know, you used to be let me have $5. Now let me have 20 <laughs> I, I'll pay you back, you know, next week. I, I'll see you in church. I, I, whatever, whatever. Whatever it takes. Just go on and on about what it takes to borrow money. And you know, my thing is, you don't loan money that you can't lose because you don't need to be upset when you don't get it back. I always hate to say that because there's always people sitting in the congregation owe me money. <laughs> you said don't look for it back, Pastor. <laughs> but notice how God has equipped every last one of us with tools to persuade. And he's telling us, since we're persuading others, we need to persuade others to become his disciples. Use everything we have to persuade others to become his disciples. Why? Because we represent Christ. We are his ambassadors. He asked us to do that. We need to have others to follow Jesus. Now, 
I know folk say they want to follow us. That's fine. We could do it like Paul says, follow, follow me as I follow Christ. That's okay. But, but the main thing is to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No, we are becoming his disciples. Persuade others to become his disciples, not our disciples. Not First African Baptist Church disciples. And let, let me do my piece here in rectifying what I said years ago that we need to make sure that we clearly understand when we were doing moving from membership to discipleship. And we were talking about being more than members, we need to be disciples. And I still believe that. We still need to be disciples of Christ. Not disciples of First African Baptist Church. We become disciples of Christ. We become members of First African Baptist Church, but we're persuading others to become his disciples. Follow Jesus. Yes, take up the cross daily and follow me. That's what the Lord says. Persuade them to learn about Jesus. A disciple learns. A disciple learns. A disciple follows. Um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30 says, Jesus says to us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, he says this to us about this Christian walk, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I had to talk about this earlier this week. So there might be somebody here who just don't understand this whole thing about being yoked with Jesus. I had a good friend once preaching and he was talking about yokes and I was talking about being yoked with Jesus and all this. And I said, you do know what a yoke is? He said, yeah, pastor, I know what a yoke is. Yeah, you get an egg, you break it open and the yoke comes out. I said, no, that's not kind of yoke we want to be with Jesus, all right? But we don't live in an agrarian society when Jesus was talking, so they knew exactly what he was talking about. They could see the oxen with yokes around their necks. They, they saw that, and they knew that the oxen was the one that was carrying the burdens that they needed. And so here when he says, be yoked with him, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What they used to always do was take the stronger oxen and a mature oxen and yoke it to a less mature oxen and one that needed to learn from the stronger one. So the stronger, more mature oxen would lead the younger oxen wherever they had to go, and all the younger oxen had to do was just stay close to the big ox. And it was, the burden was light. It was, it was easy. The yoke was easy, and the burden was light because they were close to the big ox who would tell them where to go, how to go, show them how to go this road, show them how to go that road. The burden was mostly on the larger ox. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yeah, yeah. In other words, when we yoke to Christ, we don't have to complain about how difficult this Christian life is. Just stay close to Christ. Oh, they were talking about this something in Sunday school this morning. I was about to bust wide open. I said, oh, they right all on this sermon this morning. When you're yoked with Christ and you're walking with Christ and you're doing it Christ's way, see, the issue is if that young ox decides, I want to go right, when the big ox is saying, we're going to the left. 
that young ox going to have trouble trying to pull the big ox to where the big ox don't want to go. Oh, yes, that's the issue we having. When we decided we want to do it our way and not God's way. When we decide we're like Ford, we have a better idea. When God tells us where to walk, when God tells us how to talk, when God tells us what to do, when God tells us how to do it, we say, no, nah, you know, I ain't never done it that way before. I, I don't want to do it like that. No, I, I hear all this stuff about loving folk. I ain't even love everybody, you know. Some people I can't stand. And God knows I can't stand them. And God all right with that. The devil is a liar. Get closer to Christ. And don't you stand up and worry about every little thing that's going on. Stay close to Christ. Do it God's way. It's in the book. It's in, he even wrote it down for us. It's in the book. Yeah, Luke 6 tells us how to love. Jesus said, a new commandment I gave you. You hear all this stuff in the Old Testament. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So how should we love others, even the unsaved? How should we love the unbelievers? Huh? Well, let me see. I think he says, you ought to love them as I love you. So you want to love, uh, you, listen, you want to treat other folk the way you want God to treat you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm mad at them. Okay. How you want God to treat you when he mad at you? We, we do stupid stuff. I say, we do stupid stuff. We mess up. And the God that sits high and looks low, he forgives us of all sin and unrighteousness. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. Evangelism is proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. He's in charge. He's number one. He's first. And Savior. And then it's persuading others to become his disciples. And responsible members of his church. Woo, that's where we all come in now. You persuade them to become a disciple of Christ and a member of his church. Is there anybody in the building with me that believes First African Baptist is a part of his church? Y'all scared me for a minute. <laughs> We are a part of his church. So that's why we're persuading others to become his disciples, but they can also become a member of First African Baptist Church because we're going to work together to do the work God has called us to do. We're going to bind together and allow God to take preeminence in everything that we say and do. We're going to follow the law that Christ has given unto us, the law of love and forgiveness and giving and sharing and caring and being what we can to help each other. We're not going to be about talking about each other. We're going to be about talking to each other and doing what the Word of God tells us to do. We're First African Baptist Baptist Church is a part of his church. We are disciples who learn together. In other words, when we're all close to Christ and we're walking with Christ and he's teaching us and he's leading us and he's guiding us and we're learning from him, we're walking together to become more responsible members of his church. It's his church, so we learn from him the things he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. So why is it that we grow? Why is it that we learn, learn of God? You know, earlier our pastor said that God gives us pastors and teachers that we may do the work of the ministry. 
We do the work of the ministry together. That's why we need to know and share with all of our spiritual gifts that the Lord has given you once you were saved. And now we follow Christ and put all of our gifts together to get the work done that needs to get done. This world is in a darkened, a darkened, is in, in darkness, a darkened state. And this world needs light. And we're the ones who have the light that this world needs. We can't just come in here Sunday after Sunday and praise the Lord and shout and talk about what, how great God is and don't do anything God tells us to do Monday through Saturday. Matthew 5, I'm done. Matthew 5, 14, 16 says, Jesus speaks. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. Why? So they may see your good work and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Ephesians teaches us that we are saved by grace through faith. We have a faith that we trust God will guide us and keep us through whatever we got to go through. We have faith to believe that God will sustain us, that he will keep us, that he will supply all of our needs. We need to live as if we have that faith so others can see our good works. They can see our faith. It will be a light to their pathway. One song says, let your light shine, shine, shine. Let your light shine, shine, shine. There may be somebody down in the valley trying to get home. And the touching part of that song to me is, it may be your child. It may be mine. But I got to let my little light shine. Maybe somebody down in the valley. Might be your mother, might be mine. Might be your father, might be mine. Might be your friend, it might be mine. But I got to let my little light shine. Maybe somebody down in the valley trying to get home. I hope and pray today that we make up in our minds that the folk who live in the darkness, walking in the darkness, can get a light from those of us who know Christ. Because if you truly know Christ, you have a fire burning within you to tell somebody else how great God is. And today, you really don't even have to do it personally. You know, some people are not good people persons. But, but we got so much today, so many ways of communicating. I, I mean, you know, you got Instagram and, because we don't have Telegram, I'm going to be here Telegram. <laughs> now we got Instagram. And, and, and you got... Um, what is, what's the rest of you got? TikTok. Facebook. Twitter. I guess you still got Twitter. Yeah, you got text messages. Hey, you can still write letters. You still got a telephone. I'm just saying, every last one of us can be a witness to somebody else if it's nothing but a message saying God loves you. Jesus died for your sins, rose from the grave. I, I text a few people this morning. Just, just text them. Just, just, just text. I just started early this morning. I text maybe about 10 people. And I was saying to myself, what if everybody texts about 10 people before you came to worship and say, hey, I'll meet you in church? Some people can actually ride some people to church that don't have a ride. 
and we ride right past them. <laughs> I wonder why they went to church this morning. <laughs> I mean, God, listen, God has blessed us to be a blessing. I'm, I'm done. I, I just want to make sure that we get in the message that we have a light. And God needs us to share. We have been blessed so we can bless. You want more blessings? Be a blessing. You want to receive more? Give more. That's how this works. God loves us. God cares for us. If there's somebody today that says, you know, I need the Lord in my life. Somebody online that says, I need the Lord in my life. I, I, I've been living in darkness. I've been hurt. I've been confused. I, I don't know which way to turn. I, I've been giving up. And nobody seemed to be reaching out to me. No one seemed to love or care for me. I want you to know God loves you. God cares. And I don't care where you're from. If you, you're a guest on today, you can be from France. You can be from anywhere in this whole world. You're online. You're in the World Wide Web. Listen, God loves you. And even today, you can say, Lord, I need you in my life. Now, now the thing that we do with God, because Romans 10, 9 says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you shall be saved. That's not a feeling. It's a fact. So you begin to say, Lord, yeah, I've sinned. I've messed up. And don't feel bad about saying I've sinned. Well, you need to feel bad about sinning, yeah. But you don't have to feel bad about saying you sinned because we all have sinned and come short. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God has a gift for you. Listen, God has a gift for you. God has a gift. I, listen, on behalf of my wife, myself, I want to thank you for the gifts you gave us for our 42nd anniversary. I want to thank you for those gifts. I want to thank you for the gifts. Um, thank you, Brother Morgan, for that sweet potato pie that I, that I just found out was sugar-free. I ate it anyway, but it was good. But when I tell you, not that Oprah has a gift for you, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. No, now I'm not saying Oprah got a gift. I'm saying God has a gift for you. And his gift is throughout eternity. He says, come to me, all you that labor heavy laden. Come to me, 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 come to me. And if you're here today, and you're online today, and you realize, I need the Lord in my life. I've seen I come short. I need God in my life. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and unrighteousness. And you can come to him right there. Today, you can come to him. Give your life to him right now. We're going to pray a prayer. You pray this prayer with me. The word of God is clear. You pray this prayer that you believe that God died for your sins, rose from the grave. Jesus died for your sins, rose from the grave. You believe that Jesus is coming back again. You believe that he did this for you, that he died for you on the cross. He hung on the cross for your sins. Was placed in a borrowed tomb, stayed there all night Friday, all day Saturday. But early on that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power, power over the grave, victory over death, just to let you know he has power to save you. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I can't pray it for you. I can pray it and you can recite after me. But if you believe this, you can pray this prayer with me to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. 
Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're here today, that prayer gets you in line to be a disciple of Christ. You become his disciple. But there may be those that would like to become a member of his church through First African Baptist Church, even online. If you would like to be a member of his church and First African Baptist Church, we extend your invitation just to walk down the aisle, give us your hand as you've already given God your heart. Won't you come? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We have done as the Lord commanded, and yet there is still room. We thank God for being a God who loves and cares. Let us do our part to share with a dying world that we serve a living Savior. Let's let our light shine everywhere we go. Before the benediction, I'm going to ask that Brother Mitchell will just give a brief recap of what he's going to be talking about so he can entice you to stay. Give him his opportunity. We'll be downstairs. One enticement is he got food for everybody downstairs. Amen. So if you stay, you will eat food for, every, food for everybody. Food for everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we thank you for just being a God who loves, a God who cares. God, help us now to do our part to proclaim and persuade everywhere we go that those who don't know you will come to know you. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore, that the people of God say amen, amen. and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.